and welcome to LX2 Codependency Coaching. I am Stella. We are recording live on Instagram at Luna underscore X2 underscore LLC. Um, I was sharing with people that I am dog sitting in the East Mountains of New Mexico. In East Mountains of Albuquerque. <laughs> uh, close to Sandia Peak and doing a thing. So I, um, I am super grateful to be able to take an opportunity to travel in New Mexico and go to different places and dog sit and house sit and hang out um, with my furry friends. I don't have my own dog. I haven't had my own dog since 2017. I don't know. Um, maybe before that. Yeah. Uh, he passed away and I didn't get my own dog, but I have grand puppies and I have lots of friends uh, who have dogs. And so I'm dog sitting. Uh, but I wanted to come on with the podcast today and talk a little bit about uh, the narrative that we tell ourselves in our head, um, which is really kind of uh, interesting. As usual, I've always, at least since I started doing the podcast on my own, had these like ideas and epiphanies as I'm processing or writing or doing whatever it is I am going through in the moment. Um, and so this idea of the narrative that we tell ourselves kind of came to an awareness. So before that, I had this uh, kind of epiphany. I was out for my walk and um, it was this idea of just wait, right? I struggle with patience as I've shared before. I do not do patience well. Um, I am a doer and so I'm always like, you know, what can I do next? How can I make this work faster or better or whatever it is? And so this idea of just wait kept coming to me. And I was like, okay, well, I don't know what that's about, but we'll just, you know, kind of sit with it for a little bit. And um, so it came to me and I was just like, okay, I know that I get super impatient, <clears throat> especially in, in periods where uh, that's all I can do is wait. And I know that when I have to wait, <laughs> and especially, you know, since I've been traveling, I've been by myself. So time moves much more slowly, even though I was living two days at a time when I was in Europe. Uh, but it was, I would struggle, right, to, to like have an interaction and then wait several hours and then have another interaction, uh, especially in different time zones or whatever. But the idea of just wait is what was coming to me. And I know that, especially as a master manifester and someone who is a doer, like there's only so much you can do, especially when you're living two time zones away from people or several time zones in, in the case of being in Europe. Um, and so, you know, we'll shoot off a text or we'll shoot off an email or, you know, even order something and it takes time. And so when I manifest or like think from a positive place of like, these are the things that I want and need and the universe is going to give me what I need, I have to wait and I have to be receiving, right? So be the bowl, be receiving of whatever comes without having to control and manipulate it. And so I also recognize that in that space of waiting, we can tell ourselves a narrative in our head. Uh, I've talked often about the asshole in your head, your anxiety that tells you all the negative and terrible things about who you are and who you think you are and how other people perceive you or whatever it is. And so that narrative is influenced by kind of what we're going through and what is happening for us. In the last podcast, I talked about the difference between responding and reacting. And so giving yourself 45 minutes before shooting off a text or, you know, saying whatever terrible thing is going to come out of your face. Um, so you have to just wait. And just waiting means that you're going to sit in that space of being uncomfortable. And in that space is where we tell ourselves whatever it is our self-talk is, right? 
And so when we think about relationships and we think about the kinds of relationship dynamics that we want to have, sometimes we, you know, get in our heads about things and our anxiety will start, the asshole in your head will start telling you that narrative, that story, filling in the gaps of facts and information. And so I, I had talked about before, I have a new sticker set, it's on Instagram. Uh, the new ones just came out and so they're two inches and they're kind of amazing. But one of my original stickers was check your facts because when I talked with clients and talk with clients now about the anxiety and what is going on in our heads, I have them check their facts. It's a practice that we do in therapy to be able to recognize what the truth is versus what the narrative is, right? A lot of times we have told ourselves a narrative based on our experiences, based on our trauma, based on our you know, um, history, based on the context of who we have been before now. And that isn't always fact-based. And so I use uh, what's called the thought record and it goes through like, okay, what is the thought or what is happening in your head that you're perseverating about? What are facts to uh, support that? Generally, they're not facts. Um, and then kind of shifting back to what is a neutral place and what are the facts to support that? There tend to be more actual facts based in that space. Um, so the same would be true in the narrative that we're telling ourselves in the moment, especially when it comes to relationships. So in the space of just waiting, holding on to, okay, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to react from my emotional place. I am going to sit with this and find the facts. And especially when it comes to relationships with other people, like, what do I know to be true? Well, um, an example. So again, sitting in Europe in a beautiful environment and all the things, and I'm like, nobody gives a shit about what I'm doing and what I'm saying and all the things. Um, there's no facts to support that, actually. Uh, but that's where my head was going. I'm like, who do you think you are, Stella? coming out here saying all these words on TikTok and Instagram and writing a book. Nobody gives a shit. And, and that was truly the narrative that I was telling myself. I, everybody has forgotten about me. I'm out of sight, out of mind. Um, you know, all of these negative things were coming up. So I would go for a run or walk or whatever, get out of my own space and definitely try to get out of my own head, which is difficult to do when you're alone 90% of the time. Um, I was alone in Europe uh, most of the time in Greece, though there were a couple of visitors, I was alone most of the time in Ireland. Um, and in that space, while I was in Italy, I was by myself. So I spent a lot of time in my head. And it was a lot of time to create narratives uh, that were not always helpful. I did, you know, talk to people on Instagram. <laughs> um, and I did, you know, make TikToks and do all the things. But as I was writing this book, I uh, spent a lot of time in my head, so I had to find the narrative of what was true from a neutral place, and that was there. That was an opportunity for me to really recognize like what it is that was happening and how to shift the narrative from something uh, really negative or uh, victimy or whatever it was. Um, I got the opportunity to really shift the narrative. And as I've been talking, you know, in the podcast, especially when we have an idea of what our family of origin story is, that narrative can be really dependent on what we're going through in the moment. 
And so as I'm writing these essays and these stories about where codependency showed up for me and how I, you know, did these things, I had to shift the narrative to a more neutral place from the really negative place that, you know, kind of lives often depending on where we are emotionally. And so often when I talk about, um, you know, working with clients and shifting their narrative from something super negative to something more neutral, if not to something positive, it really depends on what you're looking at and how, which eyes you're looking at it with, right? You're looking from your, you know, kind of, uh, victimize, <laughs> which we can all, you know, kind of victimize ourselves in our own story, um, then that's what you're going to see. If you're looking at it from a, from a neutral kind of learning place of like, let me shift the facts, right? I've talked about it before and I used to do this exercise with clients and I've, I've been doing it since I began was uh, doing a timeline, right? And so on the timeline, we would write down big impactful um, situations and uh, big decisions. And then, um, also kind of emotional things that have happened in the timeline of their life, starting with their first memory to where they are today. And that was helpful to be able to look at shifting, pivoting places in a client's life. And so as I'm writing this story of codependency for myself and shifting, you know, my own narrative and perspective from these things happened to me to these are experiences that I had to these were learning opportunities for me to shift how I love myself. It was really helpful to shift the narrative, to change the story in my head from this happened and this happened and what happened in between. And so as I was doing this writing exercise, um, I was thinking about, you know, this thing I used to do with clients. And I was thinking about what my narrative was at the time. And I was able to shift it, right? I was able to shift the narrative to a neutral place of just telling a story based on just facts. Um, and yes, there was, you know, there was emotional context and there was an opportunity for me to not be so in that negative headspace of this is what happened to me and I was the victim of this story, but this is my life and I have been able to overcome and get past and help clients and do these things. So it was a really helpful exercise in this writing process while I was by myself in my head 90% of the time um, to shift the narrative. And so when I was thinking about today's topic, really thinking about the narratives that we often tell ourselves, that when we can shift the perspective, see it from a different angle, then we can actually tell a more neutral story that doesn't put us in that space of, I'm a terrible person, or I only, you know, do blah, blah, blah thing, insert false fact here, and then look at the actual facts of like, I have a great, amazing, beautiful life. And as I've talked often, I have really beautiful people in my life that I have loaded with facts that then can challenge me to be like, let's check the facts, Stella. Let's look at what's real and what is the story. Um, an example of this that happened while I was here is when I first got back, there were <laughs> there were a lot of things I hadn't thought about um, because I sold all my things and I, you know, closed my practice. I closed my business. I had a little bit of money in savings and I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do this thing, right? And when I came back, I was like, holy shit, I did this thing where I sold all my stuff. <laughs> I don't have a place to stay. I don't even have a vehicle. Like all of this is terrible. 
um, which was really easy to get to that place of like, all of this is terrible. And so the narrative that I told myself was like, totally blew up my life. This was not very smart, Stella. Um, and there was a significant adjustment period to uh, rebuilding a life from nothing, nothing, um, quote unquote. It, it was not nothing, right? Obviously. Uh, I have great relationships and really good people in my life. And I am so humbled uh, with the humans that have come and said, hey, you can stay with me. You can borrow a car. You can work in my office. Like, I have really great friends. Uh, really great friends that I have built relationships with in, you know, giving time and doing all the things. And so anyway, um, so one day in particular, I was just really struggling and I was like, how, how did I do this to myself? <laughs> Not smart, Stella. Um, and I was on the phone with my accountability buddy and she was like, I hear you. And I recognize that you are struggling today. Um, by the way, my accountability buddy is also a very skilled, amazing therapist. But um, she said, I, I get it. Like, you know, you're struggling and this is a hard day. And you're sitting in a car that your friend has let you borrow. You have just worked in an office that your friend has let you work in. And you are in the driveway of your friend's house where she's let you stay. You're fine. And I was like, but... <laughs> And then I just sat in it for a second and I was like, you're right. <laughs> I'm fine. And I have skills to be able to, you know, reinstate my license. I have clients already who are seeking me out for coaching. The book is almost done. Like, I will be fine. But I had to have someone else who I've loaded with facts. <laughs> the other thing she said is, you're real funny, girl. Like you just came off a world trip and it's only been a couple months. Like you're fine, which I love that kind of approach because I do not need somebody to hold my hand and pat my head and tell me I'm fine. Like I need somebody to shake me and go, you're fucking fine. Oh, you're right. <laughs> and she did a really good job of doing that in a gentle, loving way, but also like, you know, um, I think it's Moonstruck where Cher uh, like smacks that guy and snap out of it. Like, that's what I need sometimes. I need somebody to fucking smack me and go, snap out of it. You're fine. Fortunately, I have a lot of friends who have a very direct uh, communication style. And that's what she did, basically. She was like, let's look at the fucking facts and you're fine. You're right. <laughs> and it was super helpful because then I could shift the narrative from that place where I was looking at oh my God, I blew up my life and I'm so fucked up to, I'm actually fine. I have a place to work. I have a place to live. I have a vehicle. I'm making money. I'm fine. And then I, you know, reinstated my license and I am in fact fine. Uh, but we do when we are struggling to find the facts, when we are struggling to get out of that one perspective, that one perception we struggle, which is why I really do encourage people to go to therapy. My belief in therapy is not everybody needs therapy forever, but everybody needs therapy at least once to be able to seek it out and talk to someone and get a different perspective. I am not the expert in anybody's life. You are. And I know that if you can tell me the story and we can pick out the facts, then we can recontextualize the narrative to something a little bit more neutral that doesn't feel so overwhelming. 
when we are in our anxious place, when we are in our depression, when we are in our PTSD, all we see is this narrow focus of like, ah, everything's terrible. And sure, everything can be terrible in the moment. And there is so much more to the story that we are missing out. Tell me more of the story. Tell me who you are so that I can say, hey, this is what I heard you say. And that is how I do therapy. You know, my my accountability buddy, when she smacked my face and said, snap out of it. <laughs> she also spent a lot of time with me learning my story. And I'm super grateful for her because she was able to go, hey, you have everything you need. You're fine. And I needed that in the moment. I'm also having a lot of emotions, so bear with me. Um, but it helped me change the story. It helped me re re visualize and re-understand and recontextualize that I have done really great things. And she saw that in the moment and she said, you're fine. And I was like, you're right. I'm fine. Now let's go get tacos. <laughs> and we did. And then it was better because tacos make everything better. So my point in telling you this story, as emotional as it is, is to remind you that the whole story is not just the page that you're looking at. It's the whole thing. I have reread so many books and I love to read. Um, but every time I go back and I reread something, it gives me this opportunity to listen to the story from the place that I am at right now. And I re-listened -re to um, The Blood of Flowers and I can't think of who wrote it, but it's an amazing book. And I think I read it like five, six years ago. Um, and for those of you who don't know, I read constantly. Like I am always listening to something. Um, and every time I re-listen to something, I, it, I'm coming from the perspective of where I am in the moment. So I re-listened to the story and the narrative was just so beautiful and I had forgotten parts of it, but I remembered the highlights. And so I was able to listen to it from the place that I am in today. So incredibly beautiful. And so when we tell our story to someone new, they are listening to the story based on the perspective that we are telling them in the moment. And when they can recognize, wow, that's amazing, right? And so if you have the opportunity to have someone in your life for multiple seasons and multiple years and to see you from this whole different place, like it's beautiful because they're like, I remember when you told me this part of the story, who are you today? Like, how do you see that? And you know, it's, it's really incredible. And so having a therapist, not that I'm doing an ad for therapy, but that's what we're talking about. Um, having a therapist who's known you for multiple seasons can say, hey, remember this thing? And remember how you handled it? And recognize how you're handling it different now. Um, one of the beautiful things as I have come back to work with old clients who are like, hey, I just want to tell you how great my life is today. Holy shit, that's amazing, right? I've known them for several seasons. I've known them for a lot of things. I know all of the facts of the things that they have told me from the places that they've been in. And now, you know, I get to highlight, look at your growth. Look at how far you've come. What? That's amazing, right? I have been able to work with clients through probably the most difficult times in their life, through loss, through grief, through death, through birth, through marriages, through divorces, through all of these amazing things. And I am so humbled and grateful to work with clients in that way. And, you know, I've definitely had clients through years and years um, and not all at once because not everybody needs to come to therapy forever. 
Um, but I, I have been able to see that and I'm super grateful. Um, and so it's really cool to come back and, you know, have clients like schedule an appointment and, and come in and see me. And I haven't seen them for a year, if not longer. And they're like, Hey, remember when I was dealing with this thing? That's not a thing anymore. And I'm like, that's amazing. Or remember when I was going through that really hard time and I could not get past whatever it is, like they were able to shift the narrative and they were able to change the story from this terrible thing happened and this is who I am to this terrible thing happened and I grew past it and now I can do things like this. It's, 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 it's an amazing gift. <laughs> I am so grateful to be part of that story. And so, and so, uh, you know, a lot of the stickers that I have are things that clients have said, like this, this is a Stellaism, things that Stella say, uh, Stella says, so check your, check your facts, control what you can. Uh, you're too cute for jail, because that's just true. Um, surrender, right? Just relax and let the thing unfold. And so these are ways in which I have been able to work with people to get to be the best version of themselves. And it is an incredible gift to be able to do that. And I recognize that when I have a lot of space and I can create a narrative, I'm not always the kindest to myself, but I'm getting better at it. And in doing so, I recognize how incredible and resilient and amazing I am to be able to then do the next the next step, the next thing, right? Every version of me gets better because I am in a place where I am loving all of the parts of myself at the same time. And I would love to be able to give that gift to clients, which is why I come on and, you know, make podcast episodes and do TikToks and all the things. Because um, I'm great. <laughs> I, I don't always like sit around, you know, patting myself on the back, but when I can, it's kind of nice. Because uh, I spend a lot of time by myself, so I better be really nice to myself in those moments. Um, but I do, I do do that with with humility and you know grace. I don't sit around going, "Oh, I'm so fucking great." Uh, most of the time, that's not the narrative. Coffee. And it is an opportunity for me to teach that skill. And if I am not practicing it, what the hell am I doing teaching skills, right? Kind of like when we talked about before, uh, reacting versus responding. I work every day not to be reactive. I work every day to love myself better. I work every day to manage my anxiety. And I only talk about the things that I have continued to work on to make myself better and encourage clients to do the same. What I have heard from, you know, my client base is that my brand of therapy is very much like, you know, snap out of it. I am a little bit gentler than, than my accountability buddy. <laughs> Although she is, like I said, very skilled, very, very good. And her direct nature helps me to snap out of it and to recontextualize the story, to change the narrative from that place of like, I'm a terrible person and I really fucked up my life to you're fine and you have a beautiful life and you have incredible skills and you have the ability to work past whatever it is you're going through. So that is your nugget. I'm going to end a little bit early today. Um, I've got clients this afternoon. Um, so I am seeing clients virtually and in person. If you're in the state of New Mexico, more than happy to be your therapist. Um, if you're looking for coaching, I did write a little blurb on my website, the difference between coaching and therapy, because there is a difference. Um, 
And I am so grateful to everybody who is listening. Um, everybody who watches this now or later or whatever. Renee, it's really good to see you. <laughs> um, and I listen to your podcast. So Visions of a Blind Woman is a podcast that you can get on Spotify. Um, if you haven't heard it, it's I did an interview with my friend Renee. And she has a podcast. So you can check that out. Um, if you want to get a hold of me, it's lx2.cod.coach at gmail.com. And that's your nugget for today. I'm going to end the video and then I'm going to end the podcast and I will talk to you soon. Take care. All right. I have ended the video and I have ended the podcast. I'm ending the podcast now. Thank you to all the people who are listening all over the world. Australia, you're coming in strong. Thank you so much. Um, to all of the other states that are listening, um, we've got Utah and Alabama. We have Illinois. We have Indiana. We have... All over the country, people are listening to the LX2 Codependency Coaching Podcast. We are the number three podcast on the internet uh, regarding codependency, which I am super grateful for. If you have any questions, if you want to get a hold of me, you can DM me on Instagram at Luna underscore X2 underscore LLC. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on TikTok. I am all over because I am great <laughs> and ridiculous and all the things. Anyway, that's your nugget for today, and I will talk to you soon. Take care.